Hello, welcome to the budgeting and financial workshop tonight, and we're just glad everybody's here. Say hello. hello. Awesome, that's good. We welcome anybody that might be watching online, whether it's live or uh, at another time. And uh, we want to just get get started right away and jump right in. The first thing that we want to tell you is the tools that we're talking about tonight, you can find them at bclife.org slash budget. That's like boomerangchurchlife.org, bclife.org slash budget. And if you go there, you can download those tools right now, all the things that we're talking about tonight. And uh, wanted to tell you, what, what are we doing here? We're, we're here because we want to walk in some financial freedom, and we wanted to give you the tools to walk in that financial freedom. We, if you're in debt, we want to give you the tools to get out of debt. If you're not in debt, we, or whether you are or not, we want to give you the tools to not just move into financial freedom where you have enough just for you. We want you to move into abundance. And one of my favorite stories in the Bible is in Exodus chapter 17, and you see there where uh, the nation of Israel is fighting a battle. And you see Moses up on top of the hill holding the staff of God. And while he holds it up, they win. But when his arms drop, it falls. And then uh, the, they start losing the battle. And in that story, uh, they bring a rock. They set Moses down a rock. And then Aaron and Hur start to hold up the arms of Moses. And while they help hold up uh, his arms and sit them on that rock, they win the battle. And I love that because you see in that story that they needed not only uh, physical logic, but they also needed a spiritual victory. They needed supernatural help. And that's exactly how our finances are. We need to not only have supernatural help, but we also need some physical logic. And that's what tonight combines. You see that in uh, the supernatural help, just this year in 11 months, we have seen our finances increase in the body of Christ over 100000 That means salaries have gone up over $100,000 in 11 months. Uh, we've seen over six cars be given away out of the ministry this year. And we've seen in your lives, in the lives of members and partners, we've seen uh, debt be supernaturally erased in 11 months, over $900,000 in 11 months. That's supernatural. That's not just logic. Trust me, people were trying to apply logic before that. And then all of a sudden the Lord gave us a plan and he gave us some supernatural strength. And now those are the results of supernatural help along with logic. And that's what we're going to be looking at tonight. So one of the things that I want you to look at, you can see uh, in there, it says steps to financial freedom. If you want to pull that out. One of the things that I want to talk to you about right off the bat is this. Listen, what we're talking tonight about tonight, it, it absolutely can work. Can I guarantee it for you? No. Can I guarantee you the things that God has said? Yes, I can. I can tell you that the things that God says works. Now, here's the thing about this. This system, this plan, we're going to give you a blueprint to follow, but it can work. But I promise you, it will not work without discipline. So we're going to give you the plan, but if it will take discipline. If you don't apply discipline, it won't work. 
one of the things that I like about this, we're going to be talking about getting out of debt mostly because that's where the majority of people are. But you can apply some of these same things that uh, to move into the abundance where you're taking the same principles and you're growing investments and things like that where you start to really flow in abundance in your finances. Okay, so but I'll tell you that most of the people that have learned about and gotten to the place where they have investments, uh, they've already learned uh, most of the things that we're talking about. But we want to give you the blueprint to it. And so if you look at this, uh, we're just going to go down these steps quickly. Steps to financial freedom. This is the blueprint. First of all, know your income. That may sound elementary, but I have literally counseled before where people did not know how much money they were had coming in. And if you don't know some of these numbers, uh, then it's going to be very hard uh, to come up with a plan that will get you ahead. You've got to know some facts. You've got to have that, that uh, physical logic there with the supernatural. Uh, number two, step number two, tithe, 10% of the increase. Number three, give and sow for abundance. That's how you move into abundance is by giving and sowing. Now, in this, what you're going to notice in the giving and sowing and in the tithing, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. I just want to give you uh, step one, two, three right now. We're going to go into details in a second. Step four, know your outflow. Know how much is going out of your budget. Get your, buzz, uh, get your budget in the positive. You might not have the budget in the positive. Uh, six, cut your monthly budget as much as you can. That's what those letters stand for, as much as you can. Seven, budget money to pay off debt monthly. Budget monthly debt payoff money. Eight, pay off the lowest DALP score debt first. Now, you don't understand that now, maybe, but I, you'll understand it when we're done. Number nine, put back $1,000 cash as soon as possible. Ten, budget monthly savings. Eleven, save three to six months of income. Twelve, budget miscellaneous monthly spending money. And thirteen, budget monthly fun and play money. And then uh, the DALP score that you're going to talk about, this stands for it's uh, when you pay off that uh, last payment. This, this credit is done at the last payment, done on last payment. This is a, a system that David Bach uh, actually talked about. I read about it some years ago. I did the math on it, found out that it works. It's just an easy way to figure out which thing do I need to pay off next. And we'll get into how that works. Basically, the DALP score, you're going to come up with a number when you take a credit card or a debt that you owe and you take the balance and divide it by your minimum monthly payment. By doing this, it sounds like simple arithmetic, but it puts you pretty close to the target on which one needs to be paid off first. The lower the number, you pay that one off first. So let's, let's jump right in. The first thing is we need to know your income. We need to know the income. So you want to know how much you're coming in, how much you have coming in each month. Some of you, you have hourly, some of you are salary, but what will happen is you need to have an average number of what is that income that's coming into your life. What's that average amount that's coming in? You need to know this. I, I've talked to business people. The hardest time I ever had at budgeting money personally was when I had a, a business that I couldn't tell when employees were going to pay and there were 
wasn't so much of an overflow that I could budget it. That made it very difficult. And that, that probably, I would say, is one of the most difficult places to budget your money. But when you have an hourly amount or a salary amount, you can pretty much determine what you're going to have coming in each month. And then you can believe God for that to increase as well. If you don't know on average what it is, do your best to figure out what your average would be. Probably take about 80 or 90% of that to, to uh, balance out the ups and downs of that money coming in and then budget from that standpoint. Try to take even maybe last year's uh, income, look at your deposits in your bank account and figure out what do I have coming in every month. Uh, in my income. What is that? It's good to know that from the beginning, obviously. The second thing is tithe. Now, tithe is simply, this is not uh, complete spiritual teaching on what tithe is and what sowing and giving is and how it works and everything. We're not getting into all that, but we do need to understand this. Even the best of financial people in the world that are not really Christians understand that giving plays a part in what you receive in this life. One of the things Stephen and I were talking about, he was reading some books recently. He was sending me screenshots of these multimillionaires that understood giving and would say, look, you've got to be a giver or else you're never going to move to the next level. That's the gist of what they were saying. Well, where did they get that from? Because it's in the Word. In the Bible, there's truth that if we give, we will receive. The law of seed, time, and harvest is always in effect. And we want to make sure that we get into not just a physical logic, but we get into the spiritual side where we have supernatural help from God. So the tithe, basically, you know, in Malachi 3, it says, will a man rob God? And then it talks about tithing and offering or tithing and giving. In other words, giving above the tithe. Well, the tithe is set. I have a lot of times people come in and they consider anything they give at church to be the tithe. But the tithe is set and it belongs to God and it's 10% of our increase. You bring it to the storehouse, you bring it to the place where you're fed and you bring it to the place where they're going to store up to be a giver out into the community as well. Where you store up good treasure uh, in in the earth to build and advance the kingdom of God, whether that be uh, leading people to the Lord or helping them out on a payment, whatever it may be, you give into that 10% of your increase. Just real simple, if your income each month is uh, $3,000, if that's your salary coming in, then $300 would be the tithe, 10% of that increase each month. Now, what the tithe does for you is it rebukes the devourer for your sake is what the word says. In other words, the, the tithe starts to uh, keep back the devil from stealing from your life, right? But here's the other thing it does. It, the word says that, see if I won't open to you the windows of heaven, right? So it opens up opportunities for us. Uh, think about blind Bartimaeus, right? In blind Bartimaeus, one of the things that happened with blind Bartimaeus is he came, he was sitting there and he was begging, 
And while he was begging, what happened? An opportunity came by. That opportunity was Jesus. And he heard Jesus and he said, Son of David. Now, could he have not yelled out, Son of David? Yes. So there was a there was an opportunity there, but he didn't necessarily have to grab a hold of the opportunity. But when Jesus came by, he said, son of David, have mercy on me. And he stepped into his opportunity. So a lot of people think uh, that the tithe means that God's just going to pour buckets on you. You don't have to do anything. That's not really what it works the way it works. It says, see if I won't open the windows and doors of heaven. What are windows designed for? for to see vision right you see out the window and so in other words the tithe keeps the devil back off of your life right and then it gives you opportunity to be protected because some people are not protected even though they tithe but the lord will open up doors to keep him back Sometimes, sometimes the Lord will tell people, hey, don't do this or do this. And what he's doing is he's showing them how to keep the devil back. So the tithe gives you opportunity to keep the devil back. But it also gives you opportunity to advance and move into the places of abundance. Right? That's what the tithe does. It opens windows and doors uh, of opportunity in your life to save you from the devourer or to move into increase. So that's the tithe, 10% of your increase. Now, if you gave 5% of your increase and then you said, well, I'm going to give an, an offering, right? You're not in offering status yet until you give the 10%. A lot of people think that they're tithing just to be given anything. That's not true. If you're not given 10% of your increase, you're not tithing yet. And you effectively are stealing from God because he says the tithe is mine. It's not even ours to give, right? But tithing is great and things totally turn around. Um, Stephen, you, you were talking about one time, you know, you were tithing. And at first you didn't see the increase, didn't see it. But you just kept on because you knew it was right. And about a year, year and a half later, the doors of opportunity had started to swing open. And, and it just started to explode on you. I remember you called me one day and said, here's what we had in the account a year ago. Here's what we have today. And I, was, and I heard the phone and I was like, glory to God, you know, amen. And that was just all. Off of the doors of opportunity opening to him, vision opening, and he stepped through into that increase. Amen. So, tithe shuts down the devourer, shuts down stealing from you, and opens up increase. Now, that gives you a living. The tithe moves you into the place of living and gives you opportunities. Sowing gives you the ability to move into abundance. And you go into 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 through 10, you see that by our giving, it talks about being a sower. A sower is one who makes a choice to give. You can't make a choice to give if it's not yours to give. So this is different. Sowing and giving is different from tithing. Because the tithe is the Lord's, you don't have the right to say 
that I'm going to give it or sow it because it's not yours to sow or give. It's the Lord's. So they're two separate categories. But once you become a tither and you've given 10% of your increase, all of a sudden anything over and above that becomes seed. And that then is multiplied back into your life and brings abundance in. This is how we've seen some of this debt go away is by tithing and giving. And it says that when you become a sower and you give cheerfully and abundantly as you purpose in your heart, it says that he will, he can make all grace abound to you in everything, right? And he can multiply the seed sown. And he said he will give you an abundance for every good work. God wants us to increase and have abundance, but abundance comes through giving over and above the tithe. So that's where our supernatural help comes in. And until we grab a hold of that, we're going to struggle and have a, have a problem. We're never going to have the peace uh, and the freedom that God wants us to have. Even if we have money, we won't have peace in our heart. And we truly won't be about the Father's business. But he says, if you'll seek for First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things will be added to you. So God's plan is to move us to freedom and move us to increase. But we've got to line up with his ways. We don't we don't get his blessings without walking in his ways. And the great thing about our righteousness is it increased our ability, our strength to walk out his ways. Even in those verses that I told you in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, it says that you have the ability through sowing to increase the harvest of your righteousness. So just because you're righteous and walking in grace doesn't mean that you will walk in the fullness of God's increase. He shows that by sowing and giving above the tithe, it will increase our harvest. How many of y'all want your harvest to increase? Anybody? Amen. Can I hear amen? Amen. amen. All right. That's, that's it. All right. So those, that's step one, two, and three. And then... Step four, know your outflow. So now what I want to do is step right into our example sheet. If you'll look at the example sheet, and you'll look at the top, you'll see step one, total, total monthly income after tax. Now for the purpose of, of this, I'm talking about after tax uh, money, what you have in your pocket when it gets in your hands after the check from your company is written. And we can go ahead and put that up on the screen. That would be picture number one. There you go. So at the top left, you have the total monthly income after tax. This is an example worksheet here. And you see that you have uh, $3,000 after tax. We're just going to guess on something and say that before tax, he had this uh, person, John Doe, John or Jane Doe, they had 3600 was their gross income. And once you start to understand more things about the Lord, you'll understand that that truly is gross. He wants you to have more than that. Amen. He, want, he wants gross income means total before taxes 
after taxes, let's say he takes home $3,000, right? So you can see that of his monthly budget, the percentage there, 3000 is 100%. That's how much he has at the beginning of the month. The next box down, you'll see this is uh, in green and highlighted in green because this is where you supernaturally increase. You supernaturally increase in your tithes and your giving. And I want to tell you this, the tithe and the giving is not just to any charity or nonprofit. The tithe and the giving is to the kingdom of God to advance the kingdom for Jesus' sake. In Mark chapter 10, it says, when you give for my name's sake or for the gospel's sake, it will be given back to you multiplied now in this time, a hundredfold now in this time and in the time to come. Now on this, you'll see that the tithe I have laid out here, the tithe is uh, $360. That's 12% of what he brings home. Now, what we're, the reason why I put that is, Nicole and I personally have gone to the place where we tithe off of the gross. Uh, people argue about that all kinds of ways. I can tell you my, my experience with it and why we do that. Ultimately, it comes down to a couple of things. Logically, uh, we really... One of the things that we don't necessarily realize is that we are very uh, benefited by living in America, right? Part of that price to live in America and have the benefits that we do is what we pay in taxes. So effectively, what we pay in taxes truly actually is part of our increase, whether we realize it or not. And that, so for that reason, we consider that personally as part of our increase. The other part of that is this. Let's say that it's even not. Like, I never see that money. It goes to pay the government. It's not mine. It's theirs, you know. Uh, well, here's the thing. I'd rather be a giver, right? And, and so because of that, because it says uh, to him who's a giver cheerfully in his heart, it says to him will be seed given. So if, and when it comes down to it, I want to purpose in my heart and be intentional to be a giver. So I'd rather give on the gross amount coming in, the total amount before taxes. I'd rather be a giver. In this case, like right here, you're talking about $60 a month is the difference. In, in this budget, that's not a ton of money. I'd rather pay the $60, so to speak, and be a giver in my heart. And so now it took me, I'll, I'll be honest, it took Nicole and I a while to get to that place where we felt like that was right. Um, and But eventually that's where we got. You be led by the conviction of your heart. There's, I found no scripture in there that says tithe on the gross amount versus tithe on the net. I've never found it. I've looked. But I have found scripture about the condition of my heart determines who I am and how I increase. And so I want to make sure that I increase uh, correctly. I want to make sure I'd rather my heart be right than be stingy. Amen. You see what I mean? I'd rather my heart be right. That's much more important when it, when it comes down to matters of the heart. Now, there have been times, and let me tell you, this is where I need the supernatural help. There have been times in our budget where we did not have the money to do what we wanted to do. And that's why we needed to employ the ways of God to get over into a supernatural provision and move out of those places where we couldn't afford, uh, in our minds, we couldn't even afford to tithe. We had to get out of that. I will say this real quickly. Uh, one time we were in the trap of tithing, of not tithing, and it went along these lines. In, in the 
trap of not tithing, uh, there's a verse that says, if your donkey is in a ditch on Sunday, you would go and pull him out. Well, in a financial sense, my donkey was in a ditch. On, and when it came, I was thinking, there's another verse that says, uh, when you have money set aside to give to the church, but then your family comes to you and says, hey, I need help. And you say, no, it's already given to God. It's, I'm giving it to the church. That's where it says, no, this money is Corban, C-O-R-B-A-N. It says there that no, it's Corban. In other words, this is money that I'd set aside to give to church. The word says, well, you ought to give it to the family member. And I was thinking, well, I'm a family member and I need the money. So I'm going to give it to me because my donkey's in a ditch financially and I'm just not going to tithe. I'm going to, instead of giving it to the church and them giving it back to me, I'm just going to take that tithe money and I'm going to spend it. Let me tell you, that got us, we were about out of debt before we got into that deceptive trap. And then we got right back into it. It messed us up financially. I mean, here's what the Lord, the Lord explained why that was wrong thinking to me. He said this. He said, if you in Corban, right, that is money that you decided to give to the church. He said, who decides to give that money? You do. Who has the right to choose where it's given? You do. Do you have the right to choose on the tithe? No, that is offering. The Corban scripture is offering. And what we did is we were applying it to the tithe when we, it should have been applied to the offering. Because it's only on offering that we get to decide how much and where to. Right. So that money that they were talking about was the offering. It wasn't the tithe. I had no right. That money is God's and it belongs to the storehouse of uh, the place where I'm being fed and the place where God's storing up. So once we got that straightened out, everything started to work out in our finances and it just did. It works. So in the tithe there, you'll see that this is a tithe on the gross. Now, it's 10% of the gross, but it's 12% of that take-home pay, and that's why you see the 12% there. The next thing is sowing. So let's say that this person decides they want to sow 5% a month. Uh, so to the church, they decide this much. He's just making these decisions after he sought the Lord. You need to seek the Lord. Tithing is already a set amount, and that should be where you go to church at and where you are get where you are fed at. But then your sowing, that's up to you, but it should go to the kingdom of God. But you should ask the Lord, how much do you want me to give, and where do you want me to give it? And that's very important. You can give it to the church. You can give it to a ministry. You can give Give it wherever the Lord tells you to give it, but you need to hear from him. That's where the power is and that's where the faith is. You need to hear from him. So let's say hey, this person decided I'm going to give an extra offering to the church, 125. But I also, have you ever had a time where the Lord said, hey, give this person 20 bucks, give this person 10 bucks, right? 
Well, sometimes I, we set aside a fund each month personally that's our miscellaneous giving. We don't know where God's going to tell us. We send certain amount right at the first of the month. We send off our tithe personally and we send off uh, giving, sowing and offering to many different people and places that the Lord's told us to give personally. But then we have set aside just an account just for giving and that money goes straight into that account and when we're ready to give, uh, it it's ready for us to give whatever that amount is. Now that took us some time to get to that place, but that's a good idea to think about. Notice here that in, in this uh, uh, image here, you have the total monthly income, part one. Part two is the tithe. He said that should be the first out of your increase, right? So the tithe and then sowing is over and above the tithe. This is where you supernaturally increase. Now let's get into the logical side of this. Uh, now the next thing, this is just a good, uh, this is just, well, I'll answer them at the end if I don't answer it before. Um, this is just a good uh, idea is to put away some savings each month, right? In the savings, let's say that this person said, I want to save 5%. So they have $150 set uh, to put into savings each month. A good way to do that, by the way, set it up uh, at your bank account. Set it up in a savings account. And at the beginning of the month, as soon as your check is deposited, have it automatically drafted straight out of your account over into a savings account and, and act like it's not there. All right. Then if you start to go down, you'll notice here that the uh, part number four is know your outflow. So you see your average monthly bills. Now I'm going to separate these into two different areas. You have your bills that are basically your bills to live. And then you have your debt that you can pay off and make go away. Okay, Bills are the ones that are going to be there whether you knock off the debt or not. Uh, it's like your electricity, things like that. All right, so you have uh, possibly rent. This person, uh, this person has a mortgage, so they didn't have any rent, but they have groceries, vehicle fuel, their gas or diesel, uh, restaurants, electricity, water, sewer, trash, uh, heating oil, fuel, house insurance, car insurance, life insurance, cable, internet, home phone, mobile phones. This are just a good idea. You may have more than this. You may have less, but you want to look through this list and put down what's my average monthly cost. So for instance, like if you look at the bottom, it says property tax car. Let's say that you, that you paid about $240 in a property tax uh, each year, then that's about $20 a month, right? So you can go ahead and budget that out. Is that correct? Correct math? Amen. Good. And then you'll notice uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take your numbers, we're going to put them into the spreadsheet, and it'll start calculating a whole bunch of stuff like this one does. And you'll notice at the bottom of that sheet in, in slide number two, you'll see that it says the total monthly bills is $915. And that total monthly bills is approximately 30.5% in image number two. It's approximately 30.5% of your total monthly income take-home pay. Now, the other part on the right-hand side, you see where it says, I think it's in the uh, blue box there, it says debt being erased. And you see the mortgage, car loan, credit cards, student loans, anything that is a debt. 
And you'll notice here is your mortgage. In this case, it's $1,000 a month. Car loan is $230. Citibank is $50 a month minimum payment. Chase is uh, $30 a month. Student loan is $65. Now, when we put it into the spreadsheet, it will automatically fill in these numbers. Uh, and when it fills in these numbers, it'll show you this is the percentage of your monthly income, each one that you're having to pay. You also want to put in there what's your balance. So let's say on this, the mortgage, they have $88,000 left. Uh, the limit would be what they took out the loan originally with or how much limit you have on a credit card. So like the car loan, uh, maybe they got a loan for $10,000. They owe $6,000 left in the balance. You see on Citibank, they have a balance of $1,500 and the limit is $3,000 on there. And then on Chase, it shows $6,000 limit and $430 balance. And on student loan, just they don't really have a limit on it, but it shows 63.20 is what they have left. Now, you'll see on the next one in the spreadsheet, when we put in these numbers, it'll figure out that percentage. This is the percentage of your limit. Now, for credit purposes in our system today, we, we want to get you out of debt, but keep the credit score as good as we possibly can. Uh, there you start to see that your percentage of limit comes in very handy. Uh, one of the things that you'll notice is you want to keep that percentage of limit down below 30%, right? That's a good place to keep it down. And so now most people's are not there, but you want to keep it, you want to keep it down. That's a, I would say you want to shoot for everything to be at least below 50%. 30% is better, but you want to get those numbers down. If it's up around 60, 70, 80%, that reflects bad on your credit score. So you want to keep an idea of how much you have balance versus what your limit is. Now, the DALT score out to the right is what I was talking about earlier. That is your balance, now outstanding balance, divided by your minimum monthly payment. You'll see that it lists these out. And uh, we'll go over how to apply that later, but that's what that figure is. One thing I will say, when you are paying credit cards and you're paying different things, uh, my understanding is that most time you want to pay uh, at least a dollar more than the minimum payment. It's just a good practice. So generally I will, I will apply more than, say my minimum payment, say like on this one here on the Chase one was $30. I'm going to at least pay $31. Why? Because what happens is it doesn't register as they just paid the minimum payment. Right. Generally, I'll raise it up five bucks. That helps on your credit score over over well, or at least it used to. I think it's still good practice anyway. So um, just raise it at least a dollar over that. Don't just pay the minimum. Now, let's look at go back to the steps of financial freedom. Once you do that, you're going to start to know what your outflow is. So, for instance, Number one, know your income. Two, tithe. Three, give and sow. Four, know your outflow. Now, if you'll look at number five is get your budget in the positive. Now, when we have put your numbers into the spreadsheet, what will happen is if you look at the top right, it shows the total monthly income after taxes. That's going to match the number that you put in at the left. 
On the top right of the image there, it shows total monthly giving in the red box up here. Total monthly giving. So that's going to add up your tithe and your sowing, sowing and giving that are in the green boxes, okay? And your total for the month there is 510. Your total monthly savings in this example uh, that you send to savings is $150. That's that 5% of your income. In total monthly bills, if you look at the bottom left, uh, at the bottom, your total monthly bills is 915. That number pulls then up to this uh, bracket and fills that in. And then your total monthly debt, if you look at the bottom of the blue box, it shows total monthly debt payments is 1375. That'll pull up there. Now you'll notice here, that when you pay that, I filled in on this example $50 uh, to erase debt. But you'll notice monthly budget left over is zero, right? And that's okay. We want to take it to zero because we're going to use what we have in overage. We're saving some. We're setting it beside. But we want to get that in the positive. If you look at those bottom three, it says monthly dollars to erase debt monthly dollars going to miscellaneous and monthly dollars to play, uh, you see $50 to erase debt, right? Well, let's say that that wasn't there. Let's say it was zero. Then our monthly budget left over would be $50. So that would be in the positive. When you see the monthly budget left over is in the negative, you want to reverse that right away. So once you add all of this up, you want to make sure that you are not in the negative every month or you're going to be, you're going to be having a hard time before long, right? If you're not having it already, you want to make sure that this gets above positive. Once it gets in the positive, you can then immediately add money to paying off your debt each month. You can also, uh, going back to the steps, it says get your buzz budget in the positive. Number six is cut your monthly budget as much as you can. That's what that stands for. Cut your monthly budget as much as you can. You'll notice on the example sheet or on the sheet to fill out that in your monthly bills, uh, in uh, image number one there, your monthly bills, you have some items that are in red. These are just some that I quickly highlighted where you can generally cut some money in your budget. These are quick and easy places to cut money. Sometimes you can, sometimes you can't, but this is where I would start looking first. I would look at all of them, but you'll see groceries. A lot of times you can cut your budget as much as you can. You can do some of that in your grocery if you just plan a little bit. Vehicle fuel. Uh, carpool with somebody, you know, don't drive two cars everywhere, that kind of thing. Be smart. Don't just go uh, take a trip across town if you don't have to. Don't just go for a drive if you're trying to get out of debt. You know, these are places where you can cut that budget. Restaurants. <laughs> uh, I should have put on here uh, coffee shops <laughs> because a lot of times your restaurant and coffee budget is exactly what will get you out of debt and get you into financial freedom if you'll just learn how to apply that correctly. Don't buy the $5 cup of coffee. Make one at home for Amen. 10, 20 cents, you know. Uh, you don't have to have it. This is luxury money that's going out the door. You don't want to. Uh, you go on down, you look at cable, internet, home phone, Phone, mobile phones. Uh, listen, you don't have to have cable. 
It is not a necessity. <laughs> it is not. What? Help me. Somebody's holding, having a heart attack. No, what? Um, you don't have to have cable. Amen. Matter of fact, I'll tell you what uh, Nicole and I did. We had, a, we had internet that was about $80. Uh, we had a phone that was $30 a month. We had, um, what was it? We had TV. We had one of the satellite TVs, and that was 110, I believe. So all of a sudden, we're up like 250 dollars a month on that. I, I upped my internet. I bumped it up so I had more speed. I bought an internet phone. It cost me five dollars a month, and all that is is taxes. I got free calling uh, everywhere in the U.S., everywhere in North America. So I can call anywhere. I still have a home phone that's five bucks a month. I got $10 local channels from the cable company, and I got uh, a Roku box, and we have not lacked for anything if we wanted entertainment. I actually, I was, I was concerned. I was a little worried when we first did that. This is one of the best decisions we ever made. We started spending more time with each other, but we didn't watch everything. And we didn't, we didn't need to watch everything, right? Uh, so these are areas, right now there's a lot of stuff that they'll bundle together. You can pretty much get cable, internet, and a phone uh, at your house. For about a hundred bucks a month, you can get all of that together. So you can cut some money there. Um, the other thing is mobile phones. Uh, you don't need the brand new phone coming out. You know, you can use a phone for a long time. You don't have to have every new one that comes out because every time you get a new one, that thing seven hundred to a thousand dollars. Trust me, it's not it's not free in your contract. You're paying for it, okay? It it comes out of your pocket one way or the other, and they know what they're doing. You don't have to have the latest and greatest, especially if you're not out of debt yet, right? Then you've got like the health clubs, you know. Before they had health clubs, they still had push-ups and, and planks and sit-ups. They actually worked before then. And you can run. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. Um, so that's a luxury item. You don't have to have it. We should exercise. It does profit us little, the word says. Uh, and we should exercise. We should eat good. But there's ways to do it smart. So look for ways. Uh, item number six, cut your budget as much as you can. Number seven, budget monthly debt payoff money. Now, if we took this same budget, and I did an example of this, let's say that we uh, took the cable and the internet and the home phone, that's $170. Let's say that we got all of that to $100. Now we've got 70 more dollars a month that we can budget. And we need to set, I'm paying off uh, money each month to debt. I'm erasing debt every single month. So let's say that we just took that $70 and we applied it to debt. Well, if we cut that budget, now we look up here at monthly uh, dollars to erase debt. We're at $120, $120 every single month that we're knocking off some bill. Right. Well, if you look down at the one bill, you only have four hundred and thirty dollars left. You're going to knock that. Now, if you paid it the way they want you to pay it, you're going to pay on it for a year and a half. You know, but if you do one hundred and twenty dollars plus the minimum payment on that, you're going to be out of that thing in about three months. It's going to be gone in about three months. 
And then what do you have? You've got another $30 minimum payment that you don't have to pay anymore. And so now you have $200 a month to pay off debt. Or was that, no, was that 100, no, no, $150 that you have to pay off debt. And so what you do here, once you budget monthly money to pay off debt, then the next step, step eight, is pay off the lowest debt first. So if you look over here in the debt being erased over to the right column, you see the DALP score. You see the mortgage is 88, the car loan is 26, Citibank's 30, Chase is 14, and student loan is 97. So you pay off the lowest score first. So which one should be paid off first? The chase, that's right. Once chase is paid off, who should be paid next? What should you, what should you take that money every month to go to the budget? What should be the next thing? The car loan. That's where you would put that money into. The DOMP score, it takes some factors. It's simple math, but it takes some factors like how much your interest is in making your minimum payment. It takes all that and kind of gives you a track to run on. And for the most part, it's pretty much on target. And so the next thing you would apply that money every single month, if you, you know, reduced your uh, monthly bills by $70, now you had 120 and then you paid off the Chase loan, you would have 150 that $150 you ought to do it as soon as your paycheck comes in send it out regular set it to come out every time your paycheck comes in in your bank and send it straight to that car loan and get it and pay that extra $150 off each month right now the next thing let's say you paid off the car loan right that is, you've got 26 payments left on the car loan. That's approximately two years. But if you're paying an extra 150, you're going to pay that thing off in at the most a year and a half, right? You're paying it off at the most a year and a half. So a year from now, you've got a year and a half from now, you've got an extra $230 on top of 150. So now you, you've got $380 a month. You keep your budget the same. You don't change your budget because you got more money coming in until you get out of debt. Get out of debt, right? Get out of debt. We had a thing on our refrigerator for years, G-O-O-D, get out of debt, right? And it just reminded us, don't, don't buy the extra coffee, get out of debt. So then it says, if you had 380, getting out of debt is good. It is, it is good. $380 a month. Now you go down to Citibank, which you've been paying, uh, let's say 15 of those payments. It's down to about $750. you are going to pay an extra $380 a month to Citibank. You're going to knock that thing out in two months. Then you've got an extra 50. So now you see how within two years you've knocked out three of these and you have $430 going towards debt. Well, the next one would be that mortgage. Now you're doubling up on the mortgage. You're sending extra mortgage or, or mortgage and a half every single month. You're going to knock it out quicker than you think. Plus, we're believing God for increase, right? So when we have big chunks of money come in, we pay off that debt. We, we maybe add it to another thing in the list we'll talk about in a second. But we put it towards getting in the place of increase and getting our budget where it needs to be. Can you see how these, this is only like five, 
five things that we have in debt on this example, but you can see how it multiplies very quickly if you will be disciplined and have the plan. Follow the blueprint, okay? The next thing is, uh, once you start paying towards that, you want to do this. Once you have your budget set up, your savings, the first thing your savings should go to is put back $1,000 cash ASAP. Why is that? Because stuff like breaks go bad. That's not in your budget, right? Like this week, you know, I'm driving... And Nicole goes, the car is making a noise. What's it sound like? That's not good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yep, brakes are bad. How much is it? Got to replace all four of them. 370 bucks. Well, what would I do if this was my budget, the sample one? What would I, where would that 370 come from? Where would I put it if I had that fancy little plastic card in my pocket? It goes straight to the credit. And now what am I getting out of debt or putting it back on? The thousand dollars is to help you when you have that miscellaneous thing come up that you don't have to go back into debt. You can just handle it just like that. This is a priority. This is a must. Get a thousand dollars and have it readily available for anything like that so that you can, you can step into the place of financial freedom. Do that ASAP. As soon as you get your budget in place, as soon as you figure out what you're doing each month, get that $1,000 set back. Believe God for a lot of people are like, God, I could never get $1,000. Yes, you can. And when you believe the Lord for it, he'll open up the way for that to happen. He'll, when you start being a tither and a giver, he will open up the way for those things to happen quicker than you think. I mean, it, he will bring in supernatural stuff that you don't even have an expectation for. He can do it. He's a faithful God. Listen, he's more faithful than we are. And if we will get in his ways, he's empowered us by his righteousness and grace to get in his ways and walk them out. And he will bring those things to us. He will bring it and turn it around. Amen. Amen. All right. So get that thousand dollars set aside ASAP. Next thing, budget monthly savings. We've talked about this some, but this we need to budget that amount. So that amount can first go, if you don't have the $1,000 set back yet, you can, uh, that's what savings would go to right away. Okay. The next thing is you want to kind of 11, 12, and 13, they all flow together. I just put them in this order because it goes along with the savings. Save three to six months of income. Now that's going to sound huge to some people. But when you're believing God for this to happen, He can help you to set that aside. Matter of fact, we were talking the other day about that. When we first said that, I saw the look on your face and you were like, three to six months, what? But then, since that period of time, has He not provided a way to have that three to six months sitting back? It, that's When we trust God, He will move. Now, will it be different for them than it is for you? Yes. Yes, almost assuredly. Will it be different than what you think? Almost uh, positively. It'll be different. God will bring it in a different way, but he will bring it. The reason, why do you need three to six months of income? Well, one, it's good to have sitting there. You have a, a storehouse for yourself. If you have anything go on, let's say that uh, you just had something and it, you had to be out of work for a week. Well, out of work for a week, right? 
Well, guess what happens if you're out of work for a week? They don't pay you. Well, if you have a quarter of your income off of this budget, what's going to happen when a quarter of your income's off of that budget? I got to go in debt again. All of a sudden, now I'm going back in debt. These things help us to get into the place where we have buffers for anything that life throws at us, anything that the devil may try, any time where I mess up and make a dumb decision, right? And we get into the place where we have some buffers for this corrupted world and we're not falling back into the traps of bondage of debt. And that's one of the things I didn't talk about right from the beginning. Y'all know that because you've heard me preach it. Debt is a bondage. All throughout the word, debt is a bondage. And Christ came to set us free. Put some faith in that. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world and its problems. This is the victory that overcomes your debt. This is the victory that overcomes lack. This is the victory that overcomes just enough. Even our faith. Put some faith in Jesus to bring you out of that. So number 11, save three to six months of income. 12, budget miscellaneous monthly spending money. In other words, uh, for, for example, monthly spending money. Uh, maybe you've got to go and uh, you know just buy something that you didn't expect to. The other day, uh, I, I decided I wanted to get something nice for Nicole. That's not in my monthly budget, right? But it is in my miscellaneous money. And so I have a budget that shows miscellaneous money. Let me show this to you. And I also, you want to set up a budget for fun money and play money. You need to have a feast sometime. Sometime you and the spouse need to go and eat the $100 steak, right? I don't recommend it all the time, but if all you're ever doing is just scrimping on everything, you're going to get into a poverty mindset. And so you want to budget the money. As long as it's budgeted, you're paying off debt and you're saving. You need to have some fun sometimes. Matter of fact, I know one, uh, one time I heard somebody talking about it. They said every time I pay off a debt, we have a little fun night. You know, we, we go out on a date or we go do something fun to celebrate. Hey, there's one more down that we never have to go back to, right? All right. This is one thing that I wanted to show you. This is called, this is an app called Pennies. You can go to it at getpennies.com if you have Apple. That's for iOS only. I did see one uh, on that looks similar in uh, Android and it was called Spending Tracker. I don't know if it, I've never used it. I don't know if it does the same thing, but let me give you an idea of how this works. So in this app, I set up a budget. If you look at our sample, let's say that I set up a budget in here to erase my debt. Let's say I set up $50 for miscellaneous per month and $50 for play per month, right? Well, here's how I have that. And you look over at the left where we have groceries and restaurants. So groceries, we have $225 and restaurants, we have $75. Well, this app, here's this app. This is my miscellaneous budget, right? So I have a miscellaneous budget in here. I think my miscellaneous is like $250 a month, right? That's where that's just miscellaneous that I can spend wherever I need to. If I need to pull it over in the gas, which 
Right here is my gas budget. See, I'm not doing good on gas budget. It's red because I, we've been traveling a lot in the last couple of weeks. I was overspent. Well, this month, some of the miscellaneous needs to travel over into gas, right? And so I can pull that money over there. But all I do is, let's say right here, this is the gas budget. There's groceries. I got my my allotment is fifty dollars each month for groceries. If I got to go to the store and pick up something, Nicole says, "Hey, pick this up." There's my fifty dollars. I got gas, groceries, miscellaneous, and restaurants. Right? If it's in this app, if it's green, you're doing good each day for the month so far. With how much month has passed, you're on a good track. If it turns blue, you need to slow down a little bit. And if it's red, you need to stop, right? Pretty simple. But let's say right here, I'm on groceries. And let's say that I go to the store and, and I'll spend $10. All of a sudden, see it turns blue. It tells me I have 40 left for the month, right? If I kept on spending, it's saying you have 24 days left and only $40. So it gives me, you know, a dollar and something each day that I can spend on average in groceries. Well, that helps me keep up with it. So every time I pull out my debit card or whatever I'm paying with, even if it's cash, I put it in here and it keeps up with what my budget is. I make it a game. That every, every day and every month, I try to have as much left over as I can. And guess what? Everything I got left over, it goes into erasing debt. And all of a sudden, I'm not just given what I have. At the end of the month, whatever I have left over in the bank account that doesn't come out of here, whatever I have left over, I transfer it directly and I pay to that uh, debt that I'm trying to pay off. So if I go over it, I'm okay because I've got uh, some buffers in place. But if I spend another $10, you'll see that it'll keep going down. And now it's red. It'll say, hey, you're spending money too fast this month. So those are areas where I found gas, groceries, miscellaneous, and restaurants, those are four areas where I can save the most. And that's why I make sure that I budget what I think I need, but then I try to always shoot below that, right? So I work out my budget and I cut as much as I can in the monthly bills, but then I use those to help me say, hey, I don't need to spend this or to, or to shop smarter. All right. So those apps can help out a lot. That one again was getpennies.com if you have iOS. Uh, the other one uh, I think was Spending Tracker on Android. Again, Spending Tracker I haven't used, but it looks similar to what the Get Pennies did. Um, so now let's get ready for some questions. And what we're going to do, there's some other things that we can do. If anybody has a question, get that ready. Let's get the mic ready to run around to people. And it, one of the things that we're going to do is we're going to take your numbers, plug them into the spreadsheet, and then you'll be able to see where you're at and plan that. There are some other tactics that you can use uh, along the lines of, let's say that um, you have one credit card that's giving you an awesome percentage and the other one's at 24%, charging you 24% interest and it gives you a free transfer. Uh, you can do the math. It may be good for you to do that. That may cut down some of your budget. Uh, the other thing, sometimes it's good to refinance. Sometimes it's bad to refinance. You got to do the math. And if you ever need help with that, uh, you can ask. Uh, we're not 
you know, we're not financial planners, but we have some experience that we can pass on that you can help make uh, some better decisions. Uh, Stephen, do you have anything to add? Uh, let, come on up here. Make a mess. Um, a couple things as you were talking. Uh, one is, and, and this is sort of a question to think about, what's the purpose of a car? To get you from A to B, right? So if you have a $60,000 Mercedes and it gets you from A to B, or you've got a Honda that may be 15 years old and it gets you from A to B, do they both accomplish the same job? So why do we have the Mercedes if we have the Mercedes? There's more to it than going from A to B, right? But if we're in debt, we need to humble ourselves and say, okay, maybe now's not the time to drive the really expensive car. Right. And maybe I can sell it and I can buy something that is paid for. That can erase a huge chunk of debt it in can. a day. Yeah. Um, same thing with a house. What's the purpose of a house? It's, it's to provide shelter for you and to sleep in and to protect you and your family. Um, maybe, maybe, and I'm not saying you have, you haven't, but maybe the one you're in is bigger than what you need or yeah. is more expensive than what you can afford. Now, these are tough things. These are like sacred cows, and I'm probably <laughs> you know, making somebody mad. But you can move numbers in a major way by looking at the really expensive stuff in yeah. life. Yes. A car is a terrible investment. So I was at this workshop I went to back in August, and um, this guy, they, they went around the room to find who had the most expensive car, and this guy had some Italian thing that was worth like you know, $350,000. And, and the guy asked him, why do you have that car? He said, well, it's an investment. And they really made fun of him. And he had to admit that, no, it's a terrible investment. <laughs> the minute you drive that car off the lot, it's worth, what, 80% or less of what you paid for it. Right. So, you know, make sure you understand why you're doing things. Oftentimes in life, we will buy something or put ourselves in a situation because we want a feeling. Right? We're going after, well, if I drive this Mercedes down there, this BMW, I mean, what, what name right. a nice car. I don't know. I'm, yeah. You're thinking, oh, it's going to make me look a certain way. It's going to make me feel a certain way. As, as believers, we're supposed to be spirit-led. Yeah. We're not feeling-led. We're not head-led. We're spirit-led. So we have to humble ourselves, humble ourselves. I don't know if you pronounce the H or not. <laughs> um, and say, maybe, you know... Maybe this is not the right time for this. Um, and that's tough because, you know, in, in America, we, we've been sold this lie that, uh, oh, I deserve it. Right. You know, praise God, we don't get <laughs> what we deserve. You know, uh, we don't want what we deserve. So those are two things that, as you were talking, I was like, wow, we really need to, to hit on that. And then I want to tell a story real quick. There's a guy named Theodore Johnson. Theodore Johnson uh, worked for... Uh, I want to say FedEx, UPS, someplace like that. And he never made more than $14,000 a year. And in his old age, when any, and you may know the story, anybody care to guess what the man was worth? This is an awesome story. He never made what? More than $14,000 a year. Anybody care to guess what he was worth in his, in his old age? Keep going. Somebody else. You're low. Ten million. You're low. Somebody else. Seventy million dollars. 
<laughs> he never made more than forty thousand a year. So this guy came to him and said, you know, well, you know, he's well, you know, I spend what I make. He said, okay, what if the government passed a tax right now, and you had to pay ten percent of your income tax? And he said, well, I'd pay it. I have a choice. Right. So his friend convinced Theodore to put back twenty percent of what he got into investments. He never saw it. And he hired somebody who was an expert in investments to look after his money for him. And during his life, he never made more in his, his income through his job, $14,000 a year. Man, at his death or in old age, $70 million. Yeah. What pastor is telling you, nobody tells you, nobody talks about this stuff. What he's telling you will set you free. Amen. And, you know, Deb and I were, were, were uh, blessed in that we got some of this teaching. How long has it been now, Deb? Ten years? Seven years? Seven years. So we decided, you know what, we're going to get out of debt. Now, I would guess that the business debt we have is, <laughs> I don't want to tell you how much it is, and we're working to get out of that. Amen. But personally, personally, we've been able to move to a place where... Um, where we don't have any personal debt, and praise God, we don't. But you get comfortable. You you make a, a, a okay, good. <laughs> hey, we're good. Well, we don't have to watch this stuff as close anymore, right? <laughs> and so you know, as he's going over this stuff, you know, this is really hitting home. We haven't budgeted like we're supposed to. We haven't uh, yeah. really managed things like we're supposed to because you get comfortable, you get complacent. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I thank you for what you're teaching. I think it's yeah. excellent, and it's really challenging to us, uh, and, and, and it's good stuff. So that, that's, that's kind of where it was. Thank you. Thank you very much. One of the things that's important is that, um, thank you, even if you are already out of debt, putting these principles into place will help you to move more into abundance. And abundance is important to the kingdom for you and for the kingdom's sake. And uh, it's very important to understand that. So does anybody have a question? I know Justin had one earlier. All right, let's run that around. Good. Priscilla had one. I was just wondering if you could write the equation to figure out the percentage on the board or say what it is. It's on your sheet on the list underneath the steps. It's basically your outstanding balance, your outstanding balance divided by the minimum monthly payment. That's a good question. Good question. Justin, did you have one earlier? I did, but it was, I couldn't see the stuff on the board. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that they didn't put that Okay, all right. Any other questions? All right. Well, what we're going to do now is anybody that may be watching, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to take our personal numbers, put them into the spreadsheet. It'll start kicking that out. And then here's the thing. Everybody's budget's totally different. You know, these basics will work pretty much with everybody's budget, but that generally there's some questions that will come up and you won't know them until you 
put in those numbers. A lot of people really don't have any idea what their budget looks like, but until they, until they put this in. So if you're here tonight, we're going to put those in. We're going to print them all for you and uh, give you the file for that so you can take it and work with it yourself and also let you ask some questions if you have any. If you're watching online, let's put that website address up at the bottom like we do with the songs. And um, if you're watching online, what you'll see is, uh, there we go. Let's put it where I'm on there too. That's good. www.bclife.org slash budget. And the BC Life is like boomerangchurchlife.org. bclife.org slash budget. And you can find all the tools right there. And then if you'll get the Excel spreadsheet and you'll plug in the numbers, uh, it will do the math for you and start kicking those numbers out. Basically, all you will do when you fill in the numbers yourself is you will put in the amount, everything will go in the amount column on the left from the top where the monthly income is all the way through the monthly bills. You will fill in the amounts. That's all you have to fill in. Over in the right column, all you have to fill in is in the blue box. You'll fill in the monthly payment and the balance and the limit, and it'll do the rest for you. So the amount column straight down the left from top to bottom in the blue box, you'll put in monthly payment, balance, and limit if there is one, and it'll do the rest of the math for you. And then you can start working on adjusting it, figuring out how you can uh, cut your monthly bills, and it'll help you to work. I've been using this now for several years. Uh, I'd created it for Nicole and myself. Uh, mine is a lot uglier than this. I made this look a little prettier because I had practice. But uh, it's, it worked for us. It's helped us to really get control of our finances and get on top of things and move in abundance. As we wrap up, I want to say this. Again, uh, the website for the tools is bclife.org slash budget. And then uh, you'll see these all of these steps to financial freedom, the example, the spreadsheet. Here's what I want you to know. The secret to this is applying this logic and the supernatural provision through tithes and offerings. Uh, the devil will try to give you every bit of worldly logic to get you to stop that. And I'm telling you, that will sink you, uh, at least in your heart, more than anything else. It will mess you up. But when you understand that, you can go and it will multiply your life. But here's what I want you to know. The key, remember that the Lord said this. He said that every word that proceeds out of his mouth produces life. You need to hear from God in your budget, in your giving uh, that's over and above the tithe. You need to hear from the Lord. So you want to seek him. Seek after him with all your heart. And the word says that you will find him. He will be found by you. Amen. Hear from God what to do. He'll give you plans. Remember in the tithe, he'll open up the windows and doors. He'll show you the opportunity. He'll show you that, that plan. He'll show you the blueprint. Remember the guy uh, that Stephen was saying earlier, he, he talked about uh, he only made $14,000 a year. Is that correct? 
And he was worth $70 million by putting away 10% and doing it right. God will show you the plan. The guy I talked about on Sunday, he came to a service. He honored God by not forsaking the assembling of the saints. He went to a service. The guy, the, the man of God prayed for him. He's laid out on the floor. God gives him the blueprint. And then he made $300 million a year. God will give you his word. Another one that I know about, uh, the Lord gave him a blueprint. He was making... Uh, 500 million a year because God gave him the blueprint. He can do that if he's got a people who will listen. The life is in the word. So anyway, thank you for being here. What we'll do now, we're going to have several people stationed and we'll start uh, plugging in these numbers. Then we'll do a, uh, a printout for you and we can help answer any questions individually that come up. Thank you for joining us. We love you. If you need anything, uh, go to boomerangchurch.org and you can send us a note and we will seek to help you any way that we can. We love you. Father, I just ask right now, Lord, let us see with eyes of understanding so clear and so enlightened what is your will and what isn't your will. Let us see where debt is a bondage, Lord, and you are desiring to set us free from that. Let us see that you are desiring to bring increase and abundance, as your word says, for every good work. Abundance for every good work. And then, Lord, let us be strengthened with all might to walk out your plan, to walk out the wisdom of God that you've given us and to get financially free and moving in abundance. For anybody that's hearing, in the name of Jesus, debt be broken over your life and increase, open up and overflow in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for being with us. We love you and have a good night. Let's enter those numbers.